Hello and welcome once again to our Sawdust City Happy Hour Tastings. Everybody, thank you for being here. As always, we have a great lineup of shows for you here this week on Canadian Football Perspective. Myself and Kyle Mello did a breakdown of week number 14 as we head into week number 15 tonight with a big matchup between the Argos and the Ticats. The breakdown, myself and Derek Taylor gave out the awards for 2021. And I really enjoyed the conversation that you can hear in the A Block which is available right now, just came out this morning between myself and Steve Milton on the passing at 84 years young of Angelo Mosca, big King Kong Mosca passing away. And Steve Milton wrote the book, literally wrote the book on Angelo Mosca with Angelo Mosca. You can hear that interview as well. And of course, all those podcasts are made possible to you by our good friends at both Fox 40 and Sada City Brewing, which is why we are here today to enjoy ourselves some Sada City magic. Uh, and I have a Big old bottle in front of me as brewmaster and co-founder Sam Corbet does on the other side of the Zoom chat. I've seen pictures of some of these bottles roaming around the interwebs on social of you just digging things out and throwing them around. And what has been happening, Sam? What have you been doing? So we're, every time we do a big bottle or a barrel-aged beer or something like that, we always stuck a couple in the corner and we call it the vault. And then years later, we just release them. If they if they're still okay and they're doing well, so uh, last the end of last month we were just sort of cleaning out the fridge and we're like we have an abundance of all beers and we figured <laughs> what better time than now to clean out the closet and uh, share some of those beers with people. Uh, we have beers ranging from 2015 all the way up to 2019, 2020. Uh, so there's a wide range of things. We used to do a lot more barrel aged stuff uh, during the pandemic with a smaller staff. We just haven't been able to. It's so you got to kind of stay on top of and when we had a larger staff and just a little bit more time to dedicate to barrel aging beers. We, uh, we used to do these uh, big bottles and they were called the Winewood series. Um, the street down the road from the, the, brewery, the brewery is on Muskoka Road North and it intersects a, uh, a street called Winewood, which just happened to be all the wine barrels. So I thought that kind of works out pretty yeah. well. It was a little bit of uh, luck and serendipity there. Uh, and the idea was we had these these different barrels and different beers, and uh, the label is always of an employee. Yeah. And so that's Matt. He's I was going to ask. I figured once, because this is not one of the typical designs that's that's artsy and all the rest. Not that this isn't artsy, but it's literally a, a picture that is on the label. And I thought, you know what? Based on our conversations, I'm I'm betting that's somebody from the brewery. Yeah. So we have, we would always have different. Uh, the idea is that there's a story on the back and then a picture. Like I, what I would say to, uh, I'd sort of give the idea of the story to, our, at the time, our art director, which her name is Emily. And I was like, take a picture based on this. Just go and do a picture. And she would go, and this is the picture they came up with. And it would go along with the story. And the story told was sort of talked about the beard as well. But it was about that picture and the employee. And it was just something that we like to do, you know, as a company to like get everybody involved. And yeah. We did a number of them over the years. Um, this one here, Richard fingers, and the handfuls was a, a uh, fictitious band we made up and it was, <laughs> it's my favorite label ever. And you, we actually had songs made up by the band, a fictitious band called Richard fingers and the handful. You can find a MySpace page if you really want to, it exists. Uh, and that's been my, that was my favorite one. That, I didn't even realize I was wearing a shirt to like, got down here but uh it worked out but it, 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 i'm glad we were able to do this because it's something we haven't done in a while and uh i'm kind of glad we got to talk about it yeah absolutely this is a really fun one it's different it's uh, necessary and sufficient is the barrel aged raspberry sour that we have for you today as i'm uh, as i'm pouring this i just want to ask how do you decide what goes into the vault 
Like when does stuff ever come out of the vault unless you're doing a larger release like this? Like how do you determine those things? Well, we usually would just take like, like five cases or whatever, like 60 bottles and we put them aside. Like, And when I first started doing the vault, I just sort of thought they would be just for the staff, things to keep. Like I'm always like, I'm kind of a hoarder in the way that whenever something gets down to the end, I feel like, oh, if it goes away, we'll never have this again. Right. Well, put I, a little bit aside. I get that sense because there's been times before, I believe that we did, uh, we did a tasting earlier this year where you went, actually, you know what? I think I have a, a bottle of this that we're drinking today from like 2013. I'm like, Sam, that's just sitting around in the, you're like, yeah, you know, I got stuff all buried away and labeled and it's from the past. And, but I kind of love that because you, you care about your craft and you're trying yeah. to design things that you want to see how they how they age or how they end up coming off different from different batches of different years. And I think that's part of the process, is it not? Yeah, for sure. And that's why like we put them away and then we tried them and we're like, okay, these ones are like they're still good. Like these ones are supposed to be, you'll notice a little bit of it's very dry, um, a lot of like barrel and a little bit of funk. So you can there's a little bit of red, a little uh, um funkiness to it the raspberry is there so it's tart and fruity yeah this one is super fresh to me like i i I love the smell of it as soon as uh you get wind of it like it's this is uh i think this was 20 2018 really so it's it's three years old but it's still still got a lot of pop uh this was actually the net the, the label the the name necessary and sufficient came from a guy, uh, one of our brewers, Cal, who's now the winemaker at the uh, Cranberry Farm. He does uh, cranberry wine and blueberry wine now. It was a scientific term, necessary and sufficient. I just thought it fit. Um, <laughs> and uh, usually, I would write the story, and then Emily would do the would do the pictures, and she took great pictures. So it always worked out well. But um, that it's a it was a communal effort, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. Uh, I'm wondering as well as I'm kind of tasting this, you mentioned kind of like cranberry and stuff. Like obviously the raspberry is the the heart of this. Is there anything else that is in there in terms of red berries, something darker uh, that's kind of popping out? You might be picking up a little bit of the wine character from the barrels. Yeah, okay. There's definitely some dryness in the, the bread sometimes presents some various characters. Um, I can't even remember what the base beer was of this. I think it was just a, like a, a blonde. Um, it's 2018 so it's kind of hard for like we did a bunch and it's like i can't quite remember but it's definitely different than some of our straight ahead stuff so the barrel like barrels that tend to have that funk like it's definitely not a clean beer and (laughs) has there ever been a barrel too funky for sawdust city oh yeah we've had to (laughs) well during the pandemic we had to we had to call a bunch of barrels just because we didn't have the manpower to watch them. And if you're not kind of paying attention, they can go off and quit. So like you have to get down there at least once a month. And we had like upwards of a hundred barrels, but like, how do you taste a hundred barrels with, with four guys yeah. monthly? Like, it's just not, it's not feasible. And there's so many great breweries in this province now that focus solely on barrel aged beers and doing that process that, it seemed kind of like disingenuous for us not to have put our best foot forward and not be able to stay in that category. So we're just like, we can't do this. And eventually the barrels just got way too, uh, like 
what happens is they kind of go ropey and then you get like acidic and acetone and then it's, it's a magic marker and it's almost impossible to drink. You're like, okay, <laughs> dump it. But like, you know, there's people that have to stay on this. You have to, there's brewers that have people that just do this and they're blenders and they're tasters and that's what they do all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's uh, when you talk about the wine character of it as well, that kind of comes off is it almost has that, that, sweet light fruity wine vibe as the kind of aftertaste at the end as well right like i'm just trying to paint the picture for people that are listening to us on what this is it's kind of it's like light on the front nice burst of raspberry right in the middle you get those sour vibes and then it just kind of like tapers out smoothly down the hill which is it's such a nice kind of uh, it it's not obviously the big pink but in terms of sours and and having that kind of red vibe to it with different fruits it certainly feels like it's kind of a, a sisterly beer maybe to that one well yeah i mean that was the grapes this is raspberry same sort of funkiness uh, i think when we first started doing like sort of barely beers, we wanted the, the funk level like ramped up to a thousand same as the way like ipas were all about bitterness but then as you do more and more it's all it comes about balance yeah and getting something that you can have a, you can drink a bottle of as opposed to Let's just call them festival beers where you have a taster. You're like, oh, that's cool. And, yeah. <laughs> and you never drink it again. So like, that just comes with like age and doing it. And, uh, you know, it's, you have to stay like, you, it's like a library downstairs. And you got to stay on top of those books. And if you, if you don't, like they just kind of, the, the bindings fade and everything falls apart. It's a great analogy. Can I have the, uh, the impersonation of the festival goer once again there oh this is cool like as soon as you do that i'm like i'm like that is every person who has that festival just tastes wow wow that's great man i love that and then they oh man the the, my favorite ones are the ones that have a notebook and then they write (laughs) in it and as they're walking away i'm like are you do you go back and check those notes later like like, what do you do with these? This beer may never exist again. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that's next level. I think the beer festivals that I've been to before, I, I just trust myself. I go, you know what? If it's good enough, I'll remember it. Like, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the truth. I think uh, I spent half of a Hamilton beer festival one time just bothering the guys from McKinnon Brothers for their Red Fox. I, I think that was, I, a, was that because beer? Uh, I think it was because beer, yeah, and and I believe at the radio station at that time that we were given an obscene amount of tokens, and then we tried to give them away on air, and nobody wanted them because just the the social side of, and, and we were like we were like okay, so I we just spread them amongst ourselves at the radio station, went out on a Friday night all together, and I was just standing there being like another please sir, and then hands you over another please, sir, and just basically drink like s- bathing in Red Fox by the end of the night. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure that you guys have enjoyed a lot of different beer festivals where people are like that. They fall in love with something that you're serving, and you're just you're like, alright, man, I'm here for eight hours. Like, I guess we'll just stand here and pour you all day. You do get to meet this, especially on a, on a multiple day festival, you end up running into the same people over and over again. And it's, it is great because then years later, you do you run into them again, and you remember yeah. Uh, beer festivals were great at the, you know, when you, on the outset, but then you do a bunch of them and you sort of get a little rundown on them. But now that we haven't had them in two years, I, I will gladly go back and do beer festivals and events. I'm excited about our event next week at the only, it's been yes. forever. Tell, tell people about what's going on with that because we actually have some CFP prizing that I'll let them know about afterwards. But what is that event about and how's that come together for you? Uh, it's our 10th. November 18th, 2011 was the first 
pints that we ever sold at Sada City to an outside bar, and that was the only cafe in Toronto. Uh, so a Golden Beach Pale Ale was our, our beer at that time. So we've gone back to the only, and we're doing a 10th anniversary beer called Beach Beach Beach, which uh, is a triple IPA, much stronger than the original Golden Beach. And uh, we're also doing some charitable events uh, for the uh, JDRF and Crafting a Cure. Um, so we've gotten some of our friends to donate some prizing. We're going to do draws and we have fun throughout the night. And all the proceeds will go to uh, the JDRF through Crafting a Cure. Um, so, you know, it's exciting. November is uh, the Diabetes Awareness Month. So we wanted to represent that during the month of November. Uh, pick up any lusciousness or at the brewery or the saloon, uh, a portion of those sales go to the JDRF as well. Awesome. That's fantastic. And then I mentioned what we are doing. We've got uh, 10 tickets. Uh, I believe you're splitting them up into two packs of five. Uh, we said that we're going to do so. Um, there are two five packs that are uh, available at this event uh, for Toronto Argonauts playoff game, playoff game, because depending on what happens tonight, depending on when people are listening to this, it's Toronto against Hamilton. If Toronto wins, they clinch the East and they will play a home game on December 5th. Even if they lose, there's like an 8% chance that they're not in a playoff game at this point. So uh, it should be, I believe, Toronto hosting the East final, I think is what will end up happening. And uh, because even people don't realize this, unless you're really dialed in, even if Hamilton beats Toronto head to head tonight, Hamilton still has to beat Saskatchewan next week. Like, and Toronto, oh, yeah, and Toronto is kind of looking around and being like, "Well, why don't we just get this done at home tonight?" So it'll it'll be a fun one. But regardless, whether or not they host the semi or the final, we got two five packs of tickets that are up for that as well uh, at the only through the JDRF uh, fundraiser that Sam has put together so graciously there, which we're looking forward to having. So it'll uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see that come to fruition. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you guys so much. And, you know, it's a big game tonight. I saw you guys posting a lot of stuff today. I mean, yeah. Toronto Hamilton's always a big rivalry. And when it comes down to something like this, that's even more exciting. No, what's great is that this rivalry, I've always heard about it. And I've seen people talk about it. When I was in university playing football, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, Ticats and, and Argos is a thing. And then you start to cover the league and you're like, all right, whatever. Like, it seems kind of overdone. But you realize this rivalry is based in the fact that not just geography, which is great. You're close to each other and you have a lot of similar people that are friends that are from different fan bases, but it's more so in the fact that once every couple of years in a nine team league, it's inevitable that there's going to be a lot to play for. And these two teams are going to be the ones that are going at it for. And that's when it's like, Oh, that's why this is a rivalry because in a nine team league, you're going to end up getting these situations every couple of years. And I mean, from back in, I would say 2017 when the Ticats were kind of in between struggling to start the season. They played spoiler to the Argos and they got their first one of the year. That year, Sam Hamilton started 0-8. And, and then Toronto came in to Tim Hortons Field on Labor Day and they were like, oh my God, 0-8, Ticats. Ticats won. Ticats got their first win of the year again. And they were 0-8 at that point. So they were just like, doesn't matter if we're 0-8, we're playing Toronto. It's different. Um, and you've got so many East finals. I go back to like, I believe 2013, Hamilton was playing in Toronto at the Sky Dome in the East final for a chance to go to the Grey Cup in Saskatchewan. And Toronto had a lead in the second half and ended up blowing it. It's just in the last 10 years, there's been these great moments and tonight has the potential to be that once again. So uh, if people are wanting to, to get some Sawdust City beer to enjoy the playoffs, whether you're going to games and tailgating or you're watching from home, um, let them know what you've got available right now before we let you go on uh, at the LCBO. Uh, what is out right now that's available for people they should keep an eye out and go to the LCBO maybe and check out their website for availability at certain locations. We got Lone Pine, we got uh, Viva Puff, uh, Mimosa, uh, Tropical Storm, and Everyday Magic. 
Uh, I think that's it right now. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's or, I mean, a Lone Pine is the thing that took me on a, a spaceship ride through the Buffalo Bills playoff run of 2000 and, uh, and 20. So uh, I think it, even if you only had that one at the LCBO right now, I think people would be pretty happy with that. But uh, yeah, this, uh, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yes, it is for sure. The classic. Nothing wrong with going with the classic. Uh, but we had fun today with, again, uh, Necessary and Sufficient. I love the name of this. Barrel-Aged Raspberry Sour. Cheers, Sam. Thank you, as always. and looking forward to catching up with you next week. Thank you, Marshall. See you then.